When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Here's what's cooking on the day's Sports Stove Podcast. We are going back and looking at NFL Week 2 giving our thoughts on all the craziness that went on, also looking at overcooked takes as well as takes that are ready to serve. We'll explain all that in just a moment. We're going to talk college football, and we're also going to talk Major League Baseball as we're almost to the playoffs. That and so much more. That's what's cooking on the day's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast, presented by La Touraine Watches and Accessories. Welcome into the new episode. We're excited to talk lots of football and a little bit of baseball along the way as well. I'm joined as I normally am by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good. It's a great Monday because all's right in the world with the Packers, at least for a <laughs> week. So all is right in the world, he says, with the Packers. Yeah, it is. It uh overall, generally speaking, good situation coming out of the week. Um uh, we got to watch, I watched a little bit of the Peyton Manning, Eli Manning broadcast last night, uh, with the Packer game, <clears throat> got to see, um, I'm trying to remember who it was now that was on. Oh, Pat McAfee. That was an enter- entertaining segment with Pat McAfee when he was on last night, uh, talking with Peyton and Eli, but I still really enjoy the Peyton and Eli coverage on Monday night football. And I hate that it's not going to be there all the time, but, uh, nonetheless, you're right. Things are, things are going well. Uh, in Packer land, at least this morning. Before we get it too much into the details, let's tell you about La Terrain watches and accessories. It's always a good idea to have a classic watch on hand, something that can look fantastic with a suit or just as great getting muddy on the shooting range. The Navigator Flagger style pilot watch from La Terrain is the gold standard of functional classics. If you want to stand out from the crowd, uh, especially boasting rugged stainless steel construction and a size that fits most wrists. The navigator is ready for your next adventure. So how do you get the navigator watch? Well, you visit law dash terrain.com. And if you use this code sports stove, you're going to get 10% off your purchase. So that's law dash terrain.com. Use the code sports stove for 10% off your purchase. Dad week two of the NFL has come and gone. Uh, I won, I think one fantasy league this weekend out of the three that I'm in. Um, that wasn't great, but a, a pretty entertaining week of football. I'd say overall, what stood out to you in week two? Well, um, if you know, it was interesting. Uh, it is just week two, but you saw teams that seemed like, uh, they were positive, And then you saw some things that were surprising, probably the other way, you know, we had talked about, you know, surprised about Pittsburgh. Are they for real? Well, that didn't look like they necessarily are. It'll take a little more while to see about them from there. The Saints, um, you know, it, apparently it was the Packers playing bad because they didn't come out um, and show a lot. Um, I was a little disappointed in the Chargers. Um, they may be as good as we think, but I don't know. And, again, I think Hebert, Herbert will only get better as the season goes along. Uh, we talked about the Seahawks kind of being in trouble, and uh, that may very well be true. So from there, uh, of course, Green Bay, I think, you know, did did right the ship somewhat. Buffalo, uh, the same way there. 
Uh, the Raiders, big win for them. Carolina, we've talked about them doing well. Uh, looks like that could be good. Um, Sam Marlon, you know, could have a good year. And uh, the Ravens, definitely, that was a big, big win for them. It definitely was. Let's start um, with uh, Cincinnati and Chicago. Uh, the Chicago Bears pull off the win. Andy Dalton gets hurt during the game. Fields comes in and plays a bit. Dalton is fine at the end of the day. The Bengals, um, I don't know how much of the game you saw, Dad, but I saw all three of Joe Burrow's interception, and they seemed like they came one right after the other. Um, without those interceptions, Cincinnati wins this game easily. But at the end of the day, the defense for Chicago, which is kind of their calling card, isn't it? Uh, they got the defensive players, Roquan Smith, uh, with a big interception for a touchdown. Uh, as well, and and at the end of the day, the Bears were able to just kind of fend off the Bengals, even though they scored uh, two late touchdowns about a minute apart. Jamar Chase had a 42-yarder. T. Higgins had a seven-yard uh, catch for a touchdown. But that followed the three interceptions for Joe Burrow that kind of buried Cincinnati in that. Now, I still firmly believe Joe Burrow is a very, very good quarterback, if not a great quarterback, and his time is still yet to come. Uh, any, does that change your view of Joe Burrow at all? Or is it just a young quarterback making some mistakes? I think he's just a young quarterback making some mistakes. I think he's going to be good. I think a lot of it's, you know, getting used to the team again. Of course, he didn't play much last year. Um, they could have won the game, but, um, yeah, I, I'm, I think he'll still do real well. Um, it's going to be, they're going to be an interesting team from week to week because, you know, they lose to the Bears who, you could tend to say, well, boy, they're going to have trouble in this week with Pittsburgh, but that's not true. Cincinnati's got weapons, and I think it'll be interesting. You know, I said for the season, a lot of it this this season will be on the coach. So can the coach get them back up ready to play? They've got enough talent to compete with about anybody, most of the teams that they'll play. And so a lot of it is going to be, I just say, coaching and being ready to play. Uh, let's talk about Indianapolis. Uh, Carson Wentz gets injured, sprains both ankles, supposedly. A good chance that he will not be available this week. They're not sure yet uh, on that for sure. They played the Rams. Uh, Rams win by three in this game. Cooper Cup continues to have an amazing start to his season. But uh, let's talk about Carson Wentz and the Colts. Uh, how how big a trouble are they in? They're 0-2, and... You know, there's there's a long season, and now that you add the game, starting 0-2 isn't as bad as it used to be. But uh, what's going to happen with the Colts, Carson Wentz, or the backup quarterbacks? Well, I think they played, you know, better this week. Again, you know, they've lost two games, but, you know, we're a really good team there with the Rams. Um, so I think they'll be fine. They do need to get Wentz back, but they probably need to make sure he's healthy and can be back for a time. Like you said, it's a long season. Indianapolis, you look at the division they're in, um, you know, they, they can be okay. So I think it'd be a few more weeks before we kind of, we, anybody would want to write them off. Their defense is very good. And, um, like said, you know, of course, Taylor's good and, um, and Pittman has played well. So, uh, again, you know, Carson Wentz will be a key, but uh, they should get him back. They just have to decide whether to push it or give him a little time. Jacob Eason's the number two quarterback in Indianapolis. He was two for five with an interception uh, this week. So that wasn't ideal. But uh, getting a full week of practice underneath his belt maybe will help him be ready for that game. Speaking of in the division, how about the Houston Texans? They did lose. They threw up 21 points, and they lost to Rod Taylor in the process. So they've got a rookie quarterback that's going to start for him now. Is this when we begin to see the Houston Texans look like the Houston Texans we thought they were going to look like coming into this season? Um, well, Houston um, definitely had looked better so far. If Taylor is Taylor out for quite a while? or Not necessarily, but he is out for this week. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be a key. I think, you know, he, he can play, he can play well and has played well. Yeah, it's been a surprise the way they played. Um, so, you know, uh, we will see, you know, you thought you just check off every game over Houston. That's going to be a win. That's not true right now. Uh, and we'll see how it goes. It's amazing. They're, the coach down there, David Coley, seems to be motivating the guys well. 
But that brings up the point of the ridiculous situation that he had this week. He uh, declined a penalty that would have given them third and 10. Instead, he declined it so it was fourth and two. And then he punted. Um, I don't think that's ever happened before. And to watch Kevin Stefanski's face as he's trying to figure out exactly what's going on on the other sideline was just kind of makes everybody go, wait a second, he did what now? Um, you know, why do you ex- why you decline the penalty if you're just going to punt? Why not go for it on third and ten instead of instead of punting on fourth and two? It didn't make any sense. Do you think that he's just not a good coach, or do you think maybe at this point it's one of those learning experiences a first year head coach that uh, he just wasn't prepared for that situation? Well, I you know I read today you know he said definitely it was the wrong decision and everything there. Um, you know, so he hasn't tried to defend anything. Um, he is, you know, a rookie coach and made a mistake. But, boy, can, you know, can you make that mistake as a head coach? You know, I always remember whenever they're they're looking at, at get hiring new coaches, uh, sometimes the question comes up, well, is this a good job or a bad job? Which one should you pick? And I've often heard it said, uh, hey, there's only 32 of them. Um, so if you get a chance, you know, there's not that many. So if he's one of 32, boy, that's a, that's a tough mistake to make. Now it is early in the year. Um, if he made that later, it probably would be even worse. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it affects his team. Um, you know, is the same confidence level, um, there, uh, same way with his assistants. But again, you know, he's come out real quickly and said that was the wrong thing to do. And um, he'll be under scrutiny for a while if he makes some other really interesting decision like that. But I'm sure he'll learn from that. Brandon Cooks, the wide receiver, was targeted 14 times in the game. No other Houston Texans receiver or pass catcher of any kind was targeted more than twice. Uh, They're going to have to spread the ball out a little bit (laughs) to to find some success. Brandon Cooks is good, and he's had a good season so far. But if you're going to throw it to him all the time, eventually defenses are going to take that away from you, and that's going to be a problem for you. Bill shut out the Dolphins, uh, looking like they could be the best team in the East, which is what we predicted and assumed they will be. Patriots and the Jets. The Jets uh, rookie quarterback Zach Wilson uh, did not look good in this game. Uh, but if you look at the record that Bill Belichick has against rookie quarterbacks, uh, it's pretty impressive on Bill Belichick's side. So Zach Wilson, not the best start to the season for him. Uh, he ends up in this game throwing four interceptions. Not ideal either. Uh, are the Jets going to be a top five draft pick this year? Um, they, they obviously could be, I think that's how you would look at it now being a rushing though. I think Wilson's going to get better. I think they're going to stick with him. And I think, you know, he will learn some things. Um, again, there, there, there's been other quarterbacks, a guy named Peyton Manning who threw a lot of interceptions this first year. Um, so if, if he can learn, um, but, um, yeah, that, I think they could be a top five draft pick. You say they're going to stick with them. They have no one else to go to. <laughs> Their backup quarterbacks are not anything worth writing home about. Uh, definitely not great there. 49ers handled the Eagles in a really odd game, 17-11, to 11, the final score in that game. Uh, San Francisco continues to have the injury bug bite them as their running back Mitchell goes down. And so they have, I think, four running backs that are injured right now. Sermon got a concussion as well. So they're, they're having lots of injury issues there. Luckily for them, they are playing the Eagles. The Eagles coming off of a big win over Atlanta last week. Jalen Hurts, he goes 12 of 23, 190 yards, zero touchdowns. Uh, he does run the ball for 82 yards and one touchdown. So he's obviously the best player uh, on their team. Outside of that, they had uh, one receiver, uh, the rookie, Devontae Smith, he was targeted seven times. He only caught two passes. Um, I didn't get to watch the game, so I'm not sure if that was Jalen Hurts's uh, inaccuracy or if that was on Smith from there. But it seems like there wasn't a lot happening for the Philadelphia offense uh, for sure in that game. Las Vegas and Pittsburgh. Um, Vegas 
looking pretty good right now. Uh, they're two and zero. They beat Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Those are pretty good wins for them. Derek Carr is obviously doing his part in these games to uh, pull out victories and, and whatnot. He had 382 yards and two touchdowns. They couldn't run the ball to save their lives, uh, but they were able to throw the ball. Henry Ruggs, five catches, 113 yards, one touchdown. Three receivers were targeted seven times in this game for Las Vegas, Ruggs, Waller, and Renfro. And uh, they come out with the win, an, an impressive win. You mentioned them earlier, but uh, the fact that it was on the road, on short rest to some degree because they played late Monday night and now playing Sunday early afternoon. Uh, they got a big win on the road. Vegas it seems to be. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Um, somewhat legit, don't you think? Yes. Yeah, I, I think they are. And um, that'll be good. Again, you said they didn't have much of a running game, but the big running back, you know, the main running back didn't play. And yeah. um, so I, I think they've got weapons. And it looks like, you know, Gruden obviously knows his football. And if everybody will buy in and, um, you know, they'll stick with Carr and, and Carr has confidence, you know, we both think he's a pretty good quarterback. Um, Raiders could be, could be a lot better. They're in a good division. They're in a really good division, but, um, um, it, they, it look, looks good. I'm sure there's all kinds of excitement in Vegas. Yeah, Najee Harris for Pittsburgh, he made the highlight reels with a massive stiff arm, but he only ran the ball 10 times for 38 yards. He did have five catches for 43 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger just looks washed. Uh, he looks like his, his time is done and we may be seeing, we're not going to see Dwayne Haskins this year unless Roethlisberger gets hurt, but I just still think this is going to be an ugly rest of the season for Ben Roethlisberger. He did get 295 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. His QBR was 29.6. Not ideal if you're a Pittsburgh fan. I can't believe you're too happy seeing Ben Roethlisberger out there uh, anymore. Well, your thoughts, do you think Pittsburgh should move on from Ben next year? Um, yes, yeah, they'll need to move on from him, and it'll be interesting to see uh, what direction they go. Like I said, he, he may very well not make it. Um, through the year, um, with this being his last year, obviously they'd like four or two, but, um, it, you know, it'd be interesting to see, you know, they were surprised win early, then a surprise loss this week. So, uh, it'll be interesting to have the next two games are, are interesting for them. And, um, we'll see by middle of the season where they're at. Uh, New Orleans and Carolina, uh, you mentioned it earlier about New Orleans not looking good this week. Jameis Winston, about 50% passing, 111 yards, two interceptions. Alvin Kamara touched the ball eight times for five yards rushing, and then four catches, 25 yards. Nothing could get going for New Orleans, and I'm not sure how much of that's on them or how much of it's on Carolina's defense for the way they stood up and played. Sam Darnold, 2-0 and with Carolina now. He had 305 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. McCaffrey, 72 yards and a touchdown on the ground, 65 yards through the air. DJ Moore, the main receiver for Sam Darnold this week in Carolina. I like Carolina, Dad. I like the coaching staff that they have. I like Sam Darnold. I still don't think they're a legitimate threat for a team like Tampa, but I think that they're they're definitely in that running for second place in the division. Yes, they've definitely made a good move here at the first of the season. And, you know, you can't replace getting wins. And that's going to help them. And I'm sure it helps their confidence. And, again, you know, we've all wanted to wait and see, you know, Sam Darnold, can he really be a legitimate starting quarterback? And if he is, I mean, you know, he's got the weapons, McCaffrey, and, and they've got a good defense. And, like I said, I like their coaching staff. I think they have excitement there, good fan base. Um, they could be in for a good year. Uh, Denver 2-0, and they went up against Jacksonville. Uh, Urban Meyer, two straight losses. I don't think that's happened a whole lot in his coaching career. 
Trevor Lawrence, uh, only 118 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. Robinson on the ground couldn't get going, 11 carries for 47 yards. And uh, Marvin Jones led the way with six catches, 55 yards receiving on 11 targets there. But Denver's kind of the, the point to look at. Teddy Bridgewater now back to his winning ways, 328 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, as a team, they rushed for 96 yards. Not not ideal, um, but nonetheless, they're there. Corlin Sutton, nine catches, 159 yards on 12 targets uh, there as well. Denver's starting to look like they could be a legit problem. Maybe not uh, th- uh, like threat as far as contending for championships, but a problem for any team they face. Yes, they're definitely off to a good start. And again, uh, to be more interesting, you know, the next two or three games, do they keep that up? But they've definitely come out to a good start. And like we said, they've got some talent and got some ability. If Bridgewater has a great year, they're going to be pretty good. Yeah, he doesn't even have to have a great year. Uh, he just has to have a good year. And so far, he's doing it. An exciting game, Arizona versus Minnesota. Uh, very, very entertaining game. Minnesota leads really the first half and then from there right towards the end of the second second quarter Arizona takes over uh Kyler Murray he's one of the front runners for MVP right now early on in the season everything that he does seems to be spectacular he did have two interceptions in this game but 400 yards and three touchdowns for Kyler Murray uh here in this game I'm looking uh, the rookie Moore who you liked a lot, Rondale Moore. He had seven catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown. Then they had uh, their their main receivers didn't do as much this time. Max Williams, the tight end, seven catches, 94 yards. DeAndre Hopkins, four for 54. He did have a touchdown. Uh, A.J. Green got his first touchdown of the season as well. To me, Dad, this Cardinals team, the offense just looks electric. Yes, I mean, Arizona should be good. I was really surprised the game was that close um, there, but uh, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be real contenders in their division, and um, we'll we'll see where that goes. Um, You know, Minnesota, uh, I was surprised they come as close as they did, and, um, you know, we'll see what the Vikings do. Uh, As far as interesting things that happened in the weekend, did you listen to the call? with the um, Vikings announcer on the field goal. No, I heard about it, but no, I didn't yeah, listen to it. Yeah, that, 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 that's quite exciting. I mean, you, you know how we feel about Minnesota, but that was really <laughs> that was really interesting. Kick is up, and it's good. All right. It, well, no, it was wide to the right, and, and it was wide <laughs> right all the way. So uh, that, was, that was kind of interesting there. I heard one media person say that, you know, there's such a push now for announcers and people to be spectacular, but sometimes, you know, you just get ahead of yourself. And uh, obviously he did. Yes, he did. Minnesota has a talented offense. Kirk Cousins, 244, three touchdowns. Dalvin Cook ran for 131 yards. Jefferson and Thielen both with six catches. K.J. Osborne had a big game for Minnesota as well. It just was not enough uh, for Minnesota to get the win, and we're well on our way to Mike Zimmer getting fired. Uh, Tampa took care of Atlanta. Atlanta hung in there for a while, uh, really till about the third quarter. And then, and then Tampa finally took over there. Uh, Dallas and Chargers. I thought this would be a more entertaining game. It was not entertaining, but it was close. And Dallas ultimately comes through the top. I'm interested to see when, you know, last year and the Chargers got a new head coach this year. Last year, I mean, they were guaranteed to be throwing for 350, 400 yards in a game. Justin Herbert, 338, uh, touchdown, two interceptions in this game. Dak Prescott, 237, no touchdowns and an interception. But I think the interesting thing in Dallas right now, Dad, is the running back situation. Tony Pollard seems to be the guy right now in Dallas. Zeke's still getting his carries. He even got a touchdown, uh, at 16 carries, 71 yards and a touchdown. Tony Pollard, though, 13, 109 yards and a touchdown, I'm starting to wonder if maybe Tony Pollard starts taking this job away from Zeke Elliott. Uh, I mean, that'd be hard to believe, but um, you never know. He might. Um, you know, Zeke Zeke's making a lot of money, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I think you described that game very well. It, it really wasn't that interesting. 
Um, but um, I, again, you know, I, I thought uh, the Chargers would win, and I hoped they would. But um, it, but the Cowboys got to win, and and that'll go down in their column. It'll it'll be good for them in the future. Yeah, and you know, the Cowboys defense played well, played much improved this time around, and I. I've thought that Dallas's defense is better. You know, week one, there was some complaints about the defense. But I said, you're going up against Tampa. I don't think that you can judge your defense a ton by going up against Tampa. Now's where you start to see exactly what your defense is. And and the defense played well for Dallas with uh, sacks, interceptions, and uh, doing their part there as well. Titans and Seahawks went to overtime. Titans win by three. Uh, uh, Derrick Henry went nuts on Seattle, had himself a ball game, 182 yards and three touchdowns there. Uh, Julio Jones had a pretty good game as well, six catches, 128 yards, and Ryan Tannehill, 347 yards passing. Uh, but it came down to overtime, and Tennessee won that one. At Seattle, that's that's still a pretty big win for Tennessee. Yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, you had talked about this Seattle could really be going downhill, and that could be true. You know, with the defense, when you play the Titans, you've got to be able to handle Derrick Henry. If not, this will happen in every game. He'll just run crazy, and we know Seattle's defense, you know, is not the strength of of where it used to be. And because not only does he score a lot, uh, but he really controls a game because you're talking about a running back, so it controls the time factor, um, and, um, and that's where it is. Yeah. I was very surprised that they could come out with a win, uh, in Seattle, but boy, if Seattle doesn't get to where they have a home field advantage, they're in real trouble this year. <laughs> yeah, they are. And that West division is, is incredibly tough. Uh, then Sunday night, it was the chiefs versus the Ravens. The Ravens come out with the one point victory. Everything about this game really is just all about Lamar Jackson. 239 yards passing, a touchdown, two interceptions, but on the ground he goes for 107 yards and two touchdowns. When Baltimore ran the ball, Kansas City could do nothing about it. Uh, is that a, a result of Baltimore's running ability or Kansas City's defense? Um, it, it has to have a little bit to do with Kansas City's defense. Now, we know that Baltimore is an excellent running team, and Jackson, I mean, you know, he can run, and that's a hard thing to contain. But, uh, yeah, when you get run on like that, it's something to be concerned about. Um, you'd like to say, well, teams, boy, you're going to play Kansas City, you'll go that route, but most teams don't have a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, so you, you can't really necessarily do that. But I think if you got a team that's got a running quarterback – um, you know, I, I heard, um, last night Peyton say, you know, it's a copycat league and, um, you know, you watch and something that worked last week, then the next team ought to at least try that the following week. And that would probably be that way. Yeah. And for what it's worth, when Kansas city threw the ball, Baltimore could do nothing about that, <laughs> but, but yeah. we know that, uh, Kansas city has some talented offensive players. What about Clyde Edwards, Alaire? I thought he was going to break out this year. Uh, he's yet to do so. 13 carries, 46 yards in this game. Um, I mean, did, is Kansas City missing a running back? Is that what they're missing? Um, I, I think Kansas City's still in good shape. We will see there. You know, Baltimore is one of the better teams, and uh, Kansas City could still roll through a lot of people. All right. Uh, then last night, Green Bay and Detroit, uh, Aaron Jones. Just uh, four touchdowns, a big night for Aaron Jones. Aaron Rodgers looked better. Um, did you, Were you awake for the Robert Tunyon touchdown? Um, no, but I, I, I heard it. I saw that it happened. So. so I watched it, and Lazard was wide open across the middle. And Favre threw or Favre. Rodgers threw it, zipped it past Detroit defender's head right into Tunyon's uh, uh, bread basket for the touchdown. I thought – you know what? That was not a wise throw, but it was a very good throw. Uh, nonetheless, Aaron Rodgers goes 255 yards, four touchdowns. Aaron Jones had the one rushing touchdown, three catching touchdowns. Devontae Adams, eight catches, 121 yards. And Randall Cobb had some key plays in that in that game as well. Uh, nothing that stands out if you're looking from the outside probably, but he had three catches, 26 yards, and they came at some timely timely points. On the other side of the ball, Detroit, 
early on, they were right there with them. They were leading 17 to 14 at the half. And then Green Bay just took over in the second half. But Jared Goff, 246 yards, two touchdowns. He had 46 yards rushing, including a long 26-yarder there as well. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, eight catches, 66 yards and a touchdown. Uh, is Green Bay back on track or are they just playing a bad team and, and they'll continue to struggle once they get back to better competition? Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're team Team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I think they're back on track because, again, I think they have um, a lot of talent. Their scheme was better. Um, their energy was better. The defense is, is obviously a, a concern, but they came out in the second half um, and played much better there. So, um, you know, they, they waited too long to make changes from that standpoint. It's really hard to tell, you know, how good is the Detroit quarterback because when you don't have any pressure and you can just stand there and look, uh, a lot of quarterbacks can be pretty good. Hawkinson really is having a good year. Uh, he's very good. He's a guy, you know, you know they're going to go to. Um, so that's a guy I think you want to stop a little bit there. And, um, but, you know, we'll just see how it goes. Um, I, I think they, they made improvements in a lot of ways. Um, again, same way, you know, Detroit, you kind of knew who Green Bay was going to go to and they weren't able to really slow up, you know, Adams and definitely, uh, not Jones. And, um, so we'll see how it goes. The offensive line is getting better. They're, they're playing better together. And if you can get the offensive line, um, you know, anywhere close to last year. And of course we'll get Bakhtiari back at some point. Um, then it'll be a, a different situation. I think. Colin Cowherd tweeted the Packers defense doesn't make anyone uncomfortable. And I re responded to that wrong. It makes Packer fans very uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> the Packers defense is scary bad. And uh, that was an area that was supposed to be improved. Of course, Darius Smith is out for several weeks. Uh, which hurts a little bit. Stokes, the rookie cornerback, played well. Uh, they kind of replaced Shandon Sullivan with Stokes and still gave King opportunities to play in the slot mainly. They play San Francisco on Sunday night, and I think we'll learn a lot about this Packers team Sunday night when they play San Francisco there yes. as well. Uh, each week we're doing a pick six competition. Me and Dad will both pick uh, six games against the spread. And uh, I invite you to come along and pick games with us as well. Uh, all you got to do is either tweet or uh, Instagram your picks each week. You can pick any six games you'd like, and uh, or you can email them to the sports stove at gmail.com. This week was Dad's first time picking games. Uh, I did it last the last week as well as this past week. Uh, so, Dad, uh, you picked Cincinnati. Uh, plus two and a half over Chicago. That one didn't land. Arizona minus three and a half over Minnesota. That one didn't land. Buffalo uh, minus three and a half over Miami. You had that one comfortably. The Jets plus six against the Patriots. Nope. Uh, Seattle minus six and a half versus Tennessee. Tennessee won that one. And then Kansas City minus three and a half versus Baltimore. So you got one out of six uh, for your first effort this week. And, uh, but that's all right. Uh, there's always next week as, as bears fans always say, um, there's always next week. So, uh, yeah. I went three for six. I missed Cincinnati, Arizona and Atlanta. I got Vegas, Denver and San Francisco, uh, in there. So we'll post those again. We'll make those picks on Thursday. And if you would like to enter the sports stove pick six, all you have to do is submit your picks either to the sports stove at gmail.com or uh, you can tweet them out to us. Uh, just tag Sports Stove at Sports Stove, 
um, or you can also comment on Instagram for those as well. Uh, all right, Dad. So we've got to take now. You you explained to me last week that I stole someone's bit without knowing I stole someone's bit. Uh, so we changed it up a little bit. Uh, this week we're looking at areas that uh, takes that are overcooked or takes that are ready to serve. And I'm just going to give you some overcooked takes, meaning takes that I gave you in our NFL preview that uh, are not correct. <laughs> so they're a little overcooked and stuff you want to send back to the cook. I've got three of them for you this week. Number one is Rob Gronkowski. I said Rob Gronkowski was not going to be effective in fantasy football. He was going to play such a small role for this Tampa team. I was wrong. Uh, he had two touchdowns this week. He's playing plenty. He looks great uh, and uh, and is doing well. Then I also said Las Vegas was going to stink this year, and the Vegas is looking a lot better than I thought they were going to look uh, and continue to play well there. And so we'll say that one's overcooked. And then my last one's Denver. I said Vic Fangio was on the verge of getting fired at the end of this season. And at the end of the day, and honestly, once Teddy Bridgewater was named the quarterback, I was a little worried about my take anyhow. But <laughs> but Denver's looking pretty good. And even with their injuries that they have, uh, they're having some success so far uh, this year. So those are three takes that got overcooked here this offseason. And uh, hopefully next week we'll have some some takes that were right and are ready to serve up again there. Want to let everybody know that you're listening. We also now are partnering with Yeats Sunglasses. Uh, you can go to yeatsofficial.com and at checkout, if you use the code Sports Stove, you're going to get 10% off your purchase there. That's yeatsofficial.com. Use code Sports Stove for 10% off your purchase. All right, Dad, let's uh, switch gears a little bit and go over to college football. And uh, I want to start off with talking about Michigan State. Michigan State just absolutely handled Miami this week. And now Michigan State is 3-0. and They have looked really good along the way. And this running back that they have, um, uh, Kenneth Walker III, this guy, he had 172 yards in this game and just kind of ran all over people. <laughs> and, and it's had a lot of success uh, so far. So he's got... Uh, let's see here, 493 yards in the month. So, so pretty solid running effort there by Mr. Walker of Michigan State. This team, though, Dad, um, I mean, just over and above what we expected from them. Miami's a disappointment. I was kind of, you know, wasn't super confident on Miami coming into the year. But to lose 38-17 to 17 to Michigan State surprises me. So what does Michigan State, uh, what are they, and then what does this say about the strength of the Big Ten this season? Uh, well, I mean, I think the Big Ten is going to be stronger, obviously, with them doing well. Um, you know, we'll see as they keep playing, but that's a big win against a good team with Miami. So it'll be interesting when they get into the Big Ten. They can really shake things up if they can beat some of the better teams. And um, I'm sure this has Michigan fans a little bit concerned because <laughs> you don't want to lose to Michigan State and Ohio State. And, um so we we'll see we'll see where that goes. Michigan has a good start, but they haven't played a lot of good teams yet. So um, Michigan State thing is very much a surprise, but um, you know it's doing well. Mel Tucker has uh, the Spartans off and running. They have a relatively easy schedule. They got Nebraska, Western Kentucky, Rutgers. Then they got Indiana on the road. They're home for Michigan this year, and they're on the road for Purdue. Then they're back home for Maryland, on the road, Ohio State, and then home for Penn State. So they end the year tough with Ohio State and Penn State back-to-back. But other than that Michigan game, it's kind of an easy schedule for them. So an opportunity for this team to legitimize themselves in the Big Ten this year and make a run. Ohio State really has not looked good to this point. They did win this week against Nebraska, 23-16. to Excuse me, that was Oklahoma. Uh, Ohio State. Uh, and played Tulsa 41 to 20. Um, they just haven't looked good. I expected them to come out again this year and be pretty dominant, especially on offense. It hasn't been that way. So it seems like the Big Ten is pretty wide open right now. Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, maybe Michigan. I'm still not confident that Michigan's good enough to contend this year. Um, but, uh, and Iowa, of course, there as well in the Big Ten. Um, I mean, is Ohio State going to win the Big Ten this year? 
Um, yeah, boy, you don't know. After looking at the first three weeks, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. You know, can they win their, even their side of the bracket and get to the championship game? There are some other good teams, so we'll see. Now, again, they may get up against the good teams, and they may look like we thought they were going to look, but uh, they have not been as impressive so far as we expected. Do you think C.J. Stroud finishes the year as the quarterback at Ohio State? Um, not if they keep playing like they're playing now, they won't, because they'll have other options and they'll try something. But um, it, it, that that's kind of hard to say. But, again, if they turn it around and he plays well and they start rolling over people, uh, then they will. But there's a good chance he won't. He's the only quarterback to throw a pass this year for Ohio State so far. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure that, you know, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what goes on there. Florida made a run at Alabama. Alabama's the best team in the nation. Uh, but Florida played them close, actually only lost by two points. Uh, made a, a great effort, a great third quarter uh, there for Florida to make it close. But at the end of the day, uh, couldn't, couldn't survive it. So, Florida, I mean – you tell me, are they are they legit contenders in the SEC? Oh, we lost Dad. We'll get that back in just a second. Uh, so Florida has they again. They played a great game. They they competed the entire sixty minutes. Was right there in it. They could not get the two point conversion, which would have tied the game up against uh, Alabama. I still think Alabama is the best team in the country, and you're not going to convince me otherwise with the way that they've played so far this season. Uh, they are big. They are mean. They are talented. And they just continue to push over people. I think Georgia is a team that, that you got to look at in the SEC that's going to compete there uh, with them as well. But uh, at the end of the day, Alabama just seems to be the best team in the SEC. And and even though it was close with Florida, you're going to have those close games every now and then, no matter who you are. And uh, Florida pushed them, though. Dad, your thoughts on the Gators? Um, I, I think, like I said, they've been surprising. And uh, we'll see. You know, they shouldn't have any trouble with Tennessee this week. But, again, you know, can they stay up after the big game there against Alabama? Um, and then, of course, they'll have a big game with Georgia. But uh, they look like they can be contenders uh, in the SEC uh, in the east side for sure. Georgia, on the other hand, uh, Daniels went for 303 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick against South Carolina this week. Um, Georgia's good. We talked about it before the season. They've got a very talented team. At this point, do you think Georgia can compete with Alabama? Um, right now, I mean, Alabama looks like it'd be hard for anybody to compete with them. They're really good. And uh, I hadn't seen them as much till this week, but they just have such confidence and such ability up and down the line. Uh, I don't know that Georgia can, um, but again, their defense, you know, held Clemson down, but it'd be, I don't know that they can. Uh, BYU came up with a big win over Arizona state. I did not get a chance to watch that game. Uh, but Arizona State's a team that both of us were very high on this season, thought they could really push things in out west. But uh, BYU 3-0 and now. Uh, they had, it looks like, a pretty solid first half and then survived the second half against Arizona State. Um, I still don't think anybody from the west is really going to challenge uh, the other teams. But uh, I don't know. Does BYU have a shot? Um. I don't know that they'll have a shot, you know, to make the championship tournament, but um, they're good, that's for sure. And I'm sure right now, kind of as a minor thing, the Big 12 was really happy because a couple of their new teams coming in are looking really good. That's for sure. What other thoughts from the college football weekend do you have? Um, again, I think the teams that were impressive was, like I said, Michigan State. I think Florida, even with the loss, Cincinnati. Um, I watched most of that one because we were interested in Indiana. Uh, but Cincinnati, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of ability, and I think they're doing well. And uh, Penn State, um, that was a big win over Auburn. I mean, Penn State, somebody's got to beat them, and uh, it'll be interesting from there. The teams that were disappointing was Arizona State, Miami, and uh, probably you have to say UCLA. <laughs> Yeah, UCLA is going to be what they are. Um, 
I don't know that I'd say disappointing outside of just finally getting back to what, what we thought they were going to be, uh, on there. Uh, this week, some fun games coming up, uh, SEC wise. You got Florida and Tennessee. Florida should dominate that game. They're 20 point favorites, uh, in that game. Arkansas and A&M should be a good game this weekend. They're both three and O right now as well when it comes to, uh, SEC games and then other top 25 teams, Notre Dame and Wisconsin. Uh, will face off and a big opportunity for Wisconsin to get back on the map this season. Uh, let's see here. Outside of that, those are really the main big, big games going on this weekend. Uh, there Oklahoma was disappointing this week, even though they won against Nebraska. So they're going to have to pick things up there as well. I got to go to Eastern Kentucky's game against Indiana State. A phenomenal game. Indiana State won with no time left on the clock. Uh, an error there by EKU, but a shout out to the staff there at EKU did a great job hosting and, uh, sure appreciate uh, them and looking forward to be back this weekend against Austin P as well. Austin P announced this week that they're going to leaving the OVC and joining the A Sun conference, uh, which is a number of teams have done that last year. And so they'll be coming over as well. All right, let's transition lastly to baseball and uh, where we are almost here to the playoffs. The Dodgers, Cody Bellinger, who's been a disappointment uh, this whole season pretty much, is on the IL with a rib fracture, so that's never fun. Salvador Perez breaks the uh, Johnny Bench's catcher's mark with 46 home runs in a season. Uh, I do not remember Johnny Bench, the player, but Dad, you too, you do. What kind of how big a deal is that for Salvador Perez to, to break that record? I mean, it's a big deal because Johnny Bench is, is legendary. There's no doubt about that. When um, you know, in my day or anybody uh, my age or even a little younger, you know, you say who's the best catcher? You know, Johnny Bench was was there for sure, and of course, a great personality. So to break a record of Johnny Bench's, that's a good deal for Perez. Yeah, I don't think that people would put Perez over Johnny Bench, but, but uh, he's had a great career. He's had a long career, which has helped with that as well. Uh, game's ongoing tonight, so by the time many people listen to this, some of this will be different, but uh, uh, officially eliminated Baltimore, Kansas City, Minnesota, and Texas in the AL. Right now, Tampa's still seven-game lead on the division. Houston seven game lead on their division. The White Sox an eleven game lead on their division. Let's start in the AL with the wild card talk. Boston and Toronto are currently the two teams in. The Yankees are half a game back. The A's two games back. The Mariners three games back. Dad, we are coming down to it, and we've watched Boston, uh, New York, and even Toronto now kind of rotating through these last spots. I mean, Boston's on a five-game win streak again. All of a sudden, they looked like they were kind of down and out, and all of a sudden, they're back to winning again. They're back in it. What What is the best two teams as far as entertainment value goes uh, that we'd want in the AL wild card? Um, well, I mean, obviously, the Yankees will draw a lot of interest and have a very good team. Uh, Toronto, probably them and Toronto would be the two best teams there. But Boston, you know, you can't rule them out. And, you know, with week and a half left, you know, I, I'm not sure you can rule out Seattle and Oakland, but somebody would have to go on a skid for them to catch them. Yeah, I think you're right. Toronto has the young talent that everybody likes. New York has the big market. Of course, Boston has a big market, but nobody thinks Boston can win the World Series. The Yankees could if they got going. They've got the talent to do so. I think Toronto is one of those teams, and we'll have uh, Graham Wallace back on here as the playoffs get closer, and he's a Toronto guy, covers the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, but uh, I, to me, Toronto's the team I'm kind of cheering for in the AL uh, over everything. I, to me, I'd more rather see Toronto win than Tampa, Chicago, Houston, definitely than the Yankees or the Red Sox. Um, so I don't know. That's kind of where I'm cheering for. I still think Houston's the best team over there, but we'll see. Uh, in the National League, the Brewers clinched a playoff spot this week. Uh, we've got eliminated teams in Miami, Washington, the Cubs, the uh, Steelers, the Pirates, and the Diamondbacks. Um, interesting battle still going on in the NL West. San Francisco leads by game currently. Milwaukee's 10.5 up. They should clinch the division this week. 
And then Atlanta is three games up on Philly. Philly, Philly's come close a couple times uh, here, and they continue to push in that division. But I'm not sure that they've got enough in them. I like their their team as a whole. I'm not sure they got enough to push Atlanta. Atlanta struggles with the pitching staff, and that's where Philadelphia can catch them at. Uh, so let's start with that question in the NL East. Uh, is Atlanta going to win the NL East, or are they going to get caught? No, it looks like they will. Like I said, it looked like Philadelphia had a shot at them, but Atlanta's playing well enough and has enough of a lead. Uh, I think they'll win the East. So there's only one spot available in the wild card. The Dodgers and the Giants have both clinched a spot. So one of them is going to win the West. The other one will, will, will take the wild card. St. Louis currently sitting there. They're leading the Brewers as of this moment. Again, they beat them last night. Uh, St. Louis is three games up on Cincinnati, four games up on San Diego, four and a half up on Philadelphia. Um, they've won nine out of their last 10. St. Louis has. They went on the run you got to go through in, in these kinds of months, whereas San Diego's on a three-game losing streak and have only won two out of their last ten. Uh, Cincinnati's four of their last ten. So uh, it's kind of looking like St. Louis is playing the ball they need to play at this point of the year to clinch that final spot. Yeah, St. Louis looks like they're in good shape. I think they will. Now, they won't stay quite that hot the rest of the year, but having a three-game lead, um, if they keep playing well, uh, they're going to be hard for either one of those teams to catch. Of course, the Giants playing the Padres this week, so that could kind of knock the Padres out of it, or they could stay right there in the hunt. And uh, Cincinnati, I don't think they'll have enough to catch St. Louis if St. Louis continues to play well. Well, Cincinnati's no good, and I've been saying that for a while now. Uh, and so with them not being good, you look at San Diego, though, they've got the talent. And as one listener has said here, very disappointing San Diego is. Uh, and they really are. They, they've got the talent there where they can come out and do something. Uh, and they just, they've not been consistently been able to win this season. Even though they've went out and made big moves in the offseason to acquire pitching. Uh, they've got Machado and Tatis. And yet still, here we sit. San Diego, three games out, four games out, excuse me, of the wild card spot right now. And last night, the video came out of Machado and Tatis arguing, and Machado saying it's not about you. So so there's obviously some infighting as well going on in San Diego. And they're that entertaining team, and they may not be in the playoffs. And I think that hurts baseball. I think Major League Baseball would be better with uh, the talent that San Diego has. But nonetheless, it looks like we might get stuck with the Cardinals again and let's face it, nobody wants to see the Cardinals in the playoffs. Uh, but <laughs> here they are. Uh, so anyways, it's going to be a close run. Again, San Francisco and the Dodgers, they have fought all season long. Uh, well, San Francisco's been up there all season long. And the question is, is, can they hold it out? They've won seven of their last ten, but the Dodgers have won eight out of their last ten and are on a current two-game winning streak uh, there as well. Any more thoughts on San Francisco and L.A.? Well, I think San Francisco will stay in the hunt, you know, right to the end. And, of course, I I think there's a good chance they'll win. I think even if in the next week all of a sudden the Dodgers get ahead, the Dodgers got ahead by a game not long ago, and all of a sudden, it, you know, it changed right back. The Giants are playing good baseball. The Dodgers have a lot of talent. They're playing good baseball. Um, both those teams are either both those teams are going to be hard to beat in the playoffs. And um, but the Giants just find a way to win on some of that. When you get a pitcher come in as a pinch hitter in the eleventh inning and win the game, you're doing all right. That's always a good thing for your team. The Giants currently are against the Padres, the Dodgers against the Rockies. Um, Dodgers should be able to, to win, win against the Rockies. Ideally, the Giants can beat the, the, the Padres again as well from there. So yeah, we'll be looking at getting some more guests on, especially as we get to Major League Baseball's playoffs. Uh, I really like having Graham Wallace on to talk about uh, the baseball season. He's a great guest. So we'll look at getting him back on here pretty soon to talk about Major League Baseball playoffs, uh, there. Uh, fantasy baseball, dad. I'm in a league, uh, that you get relegated. So there's two, there's two sections to the league. You got the majors and you got the minors. And if you finish in the bottom three, you get relegated down to the minor leagues. And, uh, this season was my first season in the major leagues of this level. And I was uh, third from last pretty much all season long. I won 
the first round of the consolation bracket, which bumps me up to fourth to last. So I don't get relegated out of the league. I get to stay in for another year. And uh, I'm extremely excited about that. Uh, uh, anyways, that's my only success. Fantasy baseball was horrible for me this year. How did you wrap up on fantasy baseball? Um, well, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm in the championship in our league. Um, I don't know that I'll be able to win that, but, um, but yeah, this is one of the best years I've had in baseball and fantasy baseball in a while. And, um, so it, you know, it's kept me interested, kept me seeing and definitely got to get in the championship those two weeks. You got to stay on your toes and keep getting the right people in and making, making the moves you can. Um, the guy I'm playing is great at making moves. So I have to try to stay up with it. Yeah. The say, Hey stoves versus Darth Votto, uh, in the championship round of the fantasy baseball league. And so, uh, we might have to bring on Darth Votto if he wins the league and give him a second to brag about it or something. He's also our Dallas Cowboy correspondent, so uh, we'll see. We'll see about all of that as well. Uh, in the UFC this week, uh, Kentucky native Nate Mayhem Manus uh, won. He almost got knocked out at the end of the first round, and luckily the bell rang, and uh, so he got to the break, and then he ends up knocking out his opponent and winning. So congrats to Mayhem Manus, and then. Friend of the podcast, Harry Hunsucker, uh, he got a just signed his new bout agreement. He is going to be announcing uh, exactly who he's going to be fighting here uh, very soon. We'll have him back on the show to discuss that once the official announcement is made. So a lot of uh, Kentucky UFC event people having some success right now and excited to see those things as well. I want to remind everybody that today's show is presented by Law Terrain Watches and Accessories. Uh, again, you can visit law-terrain. So it's L-A, then a dash or a hyphen, and terrain, T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E dot com. Use the code SPORTSTOVE at checkout. You're going to get 10% off. These watches, uh, they've got other things as well, but these watches look so sleek and stylish, something you definitely got to check out. Then uh, also, if you're if you're into Yeats sunglasses, yeatsofficial.com. Again, the code SPORTSTOVE will get you 10% off of that. If you're listening to us locally in Kentucky, uh, make sure you visit IPM. That's myipm.com, IPM Pest and Termite, Central Kentucky's neighborhood pest professionals. Take care of all your pest needs. And then coming soon, we're going to have apparel available for you, sports stove apparel. That's right. You can get a shirt, sweatshirt, whatever you want uh, to, to support the sports stove. And uh, that will be coming very soon. Hopefully we'll have that available for you before the at the end of the month or possibly early into next month as well. Thursday's episode is going to be live at 8 o'clock on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. And we're going to be covering our new pick sixes for the week. We're going to talk the NFL and college football weekends ahead uh, as well there and, and any other sports news that comes up along the way. Tomorrow morning, Wednesday morning, we'll be dropping the new edition of the Sports Stove Local Hour covering mainly EKU sports, but also the University of Kentucky sports, previewing the week ahead uh, for their games, talking about this last weekend's game as well. And then we've got an interview with starting right tackle for EKU, Drew Hart, and excited to, to share that with you, an exciting another episode there. Uh, Dad, the NHL players are coming back around. Uh, they're out practicing or doing something. I haven't paid a lot of attention to it. Uh, but it's about that time for their, uh, what do they call it? Spring training? Yes, it is. They had the rookie camp here lately and the rookies, the predator rookies were in a tournament down in Florida, had three games down there. And, uh, yes, they come into, they come into training camp here, uh, this week. So, um, yeah, hockey's about ready to start and only a few days away or a couple weeks away from, I guess they have six preseason games and the season starts early in October. All right, NBA even starting to kick back up a little bit as well. Ben Simmons announcing he is not going to show up and do anything for the 76ers, so he's asking for a trade. And it's the only time I've ever liked Ben Simmons is, is him saying, I don't want to be in Philadelphia. Uh, October the 3rd, I think, is the first the preseason game uh, there as well. So all that's kicking up here pretty soon as well. So we're going to have some guests on in the coming episodes to talk about these seasons that are getting ready to start off. Of course, in uh, the NHL, they've got a new team this year, the Seattle Kraken, uh, there as well. NBA 
uh, news. JJ Reddick announced his retirement. So there's all that for you there as well. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Please visit our sponsors, Law Terrain, Law Terrain, Law-Terrain.com and Yeats, YeatsOfficial.com as well. Uh, I've got nothing else. Dad, you got anything else? Nope. Think, uh, we'll see you on Thursday and hopefully I'll have better luck on the pick six. So. <laughs> All right. Thank you everybody for tuning in to tonight's sports stove podcast until next time. We'll see you around the sports stove.